Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that means greetings or something. What the fucking fuck? What the fucking fuck, man? It's just freaky fucking fuck fuck. <laughs> How many times can we fucking say fuck fuck in one fucking minute? I don't know. I'm, fucking I'm, know. Pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure a lot. <clears throat> well, I fucking think so, and I fucking hope so. Um, yes. I'm pretty fucking sure that we fucking can fucking say fuck a fucking fucking lot. Because that's the, the fucking way we should fucking do things on this fucking show, right? Yeah, really, really should. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing that these things aren't rated because I'm pretty sure we just blasted <laughs> past an R right about then. Yes! <laughs> just finally succeeded. In, in the first 48 seconds. <laughs> Woohoo! Some parents like, yeah, yeah, you can listen to that horror podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it, Chotty. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it up so grandma can hear. Yeah. Hey, let's let's get mum and the and the and daddy and, and uncle Jack and all the family who's sitting around <laughs> and listen to this. Oh, isn't it? Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, like a like a like an X rated Orson Welles fucking show or something. Oh shit. wow. Oh. oh hey, what's going on anyway? Oh, <laughs> I don't even know, man. I, it's I been know. a minute. It, it it has. I don't even know anymore. I, Does just, anyone know? I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm. I'm just. Yeah, things 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 go one way. The rug gets pulled. I, I'm just. I'm just floating at the moment. I'm just mm. like. I'm backstroking through the sewer of life. This week on the saga of Jake Reddy, <laughs> Jake is floating. Yep. Down the ether of madness. Yep. Just backstroking through Bondi Beach, dodging the motions. <laughs> it's kind of like that scene out of um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's no way of knowing which direction we are going. I was thinking more of the scene from Caddyshack with the turd in the pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that could work. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Turd in the pool. That works great. Uh, we all float down here. Yes. <laughs> Time to float. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway, um, this is a completely kind of not really overly planned episode of sorts, but promising to deliver all things freaky and horrific. Much like 2022, this episode has no structure. Yeah. You know, I've been having this discussion with myself and various other people over the last 24 hours saying, you know what? I'm still, I'm coming back to this conclusion this far into the year going, yeah, 2022, meh, forget it. Let's start all over again next year. And reset the clock back to 2020. Oh, I'm totally down with that, man. Like, because this year just can fucking suck my entire 
Irish dick. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't even know what this year's doing anymore. I'm like, look, I just, I, it's, it's one of the yeah. classic cases of, hey, 2022, go home, you're drunk. Yeah, 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 get in the bin. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit like that. I mean, look, it's, it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally that meme of the dog with the room on fire at the moment. It's like this is fine. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird, bizarre crap that just doesn't make any sense right I'm now. Starting, I'm starting to think. Go, go with me here. Go okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. starting to think it's all this astrological fucking planetary alignment shit Thank that's you. going on. I think Thank it is you. just fucking with everything. You know what? I, <clears throat> you know. A very, a very close friend has said to me, there is a very strong rumor of an alien invasion in five years. I'm starting to believe there is truth to this theory. I don't know about you, but I'm just starting to think, you know what? Fucking come invade this planet because the way, the rate we're going, there's going to be fuck all left to fucking take over, dude. I'm just like, you know, how much worse can it get, really? <laughs> I mean, okay, look, I'm, I'm not one for world events and all that, but, I mean, God, you've only got to take one little glimpse into the wonderful world of news that's being broadcast that I avoid profusely. But when I, you know, dare fucking have a peek for one split second, it's just shooting, shooting, mass flooding, mass hysteria. The world is going to shit. Oh, dude. Ah! I feel like I don't even need to watch the news because it's I like really it, the, the news to me is kind of like, it's like an episode of Baywatch. Yeah. I can leave for an entire season, come mm. back and still know what's going on. It's like, yeah. you turn on the news. It's like, okay, so what am I going to get today? Uh, let, let, wait, wait, hang on. No, I bet you someone's doing something horrible to gay people. Mm-hmm. Someone's doing something horrible to women. Mm-hmm. There's been a mass shooting. There's a plague of some description or a new version of a plague or yep. an entirely new plague. Uh, there's probably a flood. There's probably a fire. There's probably a volcano exploding, probably another mass shooting. And there's probably a bunch of assholes running the show. Oh, I was right. <laughs> and, and the only it's thing like is, I never missed an episode. <laughs> and the only moment of happiness that we don't get is slow motion running of David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All, yeah. all that. Yeah. That sweet ass Hoff soundtrack. I mean, you know, that, that would, I reckon more people would watch the news if it was like, you know, in the middle of a news broadcast full of just mundane fucking horrific news. And right now we cut to David Hasselhoff running down the beach. And it's I just would, like five seconds of David Hasselhoff. I would totally tune in for that. Totally right. Well, I, I, I would. Because it's just like, look, you know, I love the Hoff and the Hoff will just make everyone smile because totally he's just. Do. He's so wholesome. Even yeah. that whole period where he was like drunk off his ass and pissing his pants in front of his Dude, kids. Peas he was in a still pod, wholesome. Peas in a pod. I was just thinking about it right at that moment. That wonderful video footage of him drunk on the floor trying to eat that burger. I just went, you know, yeah, okay. I could reminisce on that, but there's too I many good moments. I relate to that because I, I, I relate to that a lot. We've all I feel been that, 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 that my 2022 is... David Hasselhoff drunk trying to eat a burger on the floor is my 2022 spirit animal. Yeah, I feel like, like if, that's if for we many. were if we were you know doing a Harry Potter thing, that would be my Patronus. Yeah, it would be Hasselhoffius drunkus or something. Mm. Some yeah, shit like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, so you basically, know. you would be the laws of gravity would be very unkind here, and you'd be singing Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you would be like floating. You'd be just sinking continue 
into a just a vat of shit. Yeah, you know, like that that scene in Get Out where he like you know sinks through the couch and he's just like dropping into the black. Yes, yes, that's my year. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just constantly mm. going, ah, oh, something bad's going on. Mm. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something. <laughs> and just to fuck with you even more, the 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 trailers are playing and it's just all this fucking happy horse shit that is just totally irrele- irrelevant to the context of what is actually happening. Yeah, the trailers playing would be shit like Meet the Fockers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it'd be completely Some, something, fucked. Just something awful. Something, yeah. something truly oh, yeah, man. horrendous. Like, I I'm, don't know. I'm, I'm feeling all <laughs> kinds of old man on rocking chair tonight um, or today. For various Dude, reasons. Dude, I, I, I'm kind of the same. I'm mm. having a very uh, pissy kind of bitter day today. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm just kind of having a fuck everyone. And the, the thing is, it's like I was sort of listening to The Cure as well, so that probably wasn't helping. Yeah, um, that doesn't help. No, but I mean, not that The Cure are bad at all, because The Cure are just fucking brilliant. Oh, and Dis- Disintegration and Wish are two of the greatest albums ever mm. recorded in the mm. history of man. And if you haven't listened to them, then you should just fucking die. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to them, it's because you're a subjective Morrissey fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should die. Yes. In your polyester. You're, uh, man, I told you I'm fucking bitter and bitter. <laughs> Jake is loading the shotgun. <laughs> But I did watch Manimal today. Oh wow! Yes, I was. I've been doing a bit of um, rearranging in the house and stuff like that, and I found my Manimal DVD, and I was like, oh, "Fuck Manimal. it, I'm watching Manimal." And boys Manimals. and girls, if you haven't watched Manimal, it's a gem relic of the eighties. Uh, it only yeah. ran for, I think, six to eight episodes. It was very short-lived. It was very. It didn't even get like a full '80s season. I mean, look, conceptually, it was a great idea for a show, but I mean, reality, mm, it just. Well, they died. didn't have the budget. I mean, no. look, the, the basic, the basic gist of Manimal is the lead character is a man who can turn Simon into... McCormack. Simon McCormack. Yes. Yes. Uh, he of Jaws 3 fame. Yes. Um, a man who can turn into any animal, but only turns into about four animals due to budgetary constraints. Panther, hawk. Uh, he turns it. into a panther, a hawk, and a snake. Yeah. Um, and the only and one he... that we see the half man, half creature is the pan- panther. panther. Mm. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Continue. I think he does. Um, they do slip in a few things. Like one of the episodes I watched, he turned into a cat. Right. Um, and then he turned into a shark in the final scene, but it was literally like he's turned into a fin. <laughs> wow. Literally, he, he gets into a dude's pool. The impression is that he turns into a shark, but you just see the fin. Oh, wow. Um, and I think I saw a tra- like a preview, like, you know, in the 80s, they used to do this whole thing where it's like, you know, this episode on, and they'd like yeah, yeah. basically cut together a fucking trailer for the episode you were literally about to watch. This week I, on Manimal. Yeah, I think he turns into an elephant at some point. Oh, don't quote Lord. me on that. No, I won't. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, here is there. And I mean, the concept of, of a guy that can turn into any animal he wants, which is reminiscent of uh, a certain superhero of the DC universe. Mm. Animal Man. Yeah. Um, or Beast Boy. Or Beast Boy, yeah. It, it, it's kind of there, but like you say, um, you know, again, kids, if you're going to make a show with such an interesting concept like this, make sure you get the fucking budget to do it. 
yeah, well, I mean, I think that was sort of banking on because it was like fucking uh, Glenn A. Larson who created it. He had like Battlestar, Battlestar Galactical yeah, fame. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, Manimal just could have. And man, I got to say, when I was a kid, when Manimal was on, that whole Panther transformation sequence scared the fucking shit out of me. I think I even had a Manimal uh, annual at one point. I think I may have as well. How cool um, are the annuals, man? Annuals oh, those, rule. Those hardcover ones from the 80s, dude, they were fucking rad. Great. They were awesome. Like, uh, yeah, I, I used to have so many, like, DC ones, like, Batman ones and shit like that. Yeah, dude, they were great. I think I had Masters of the Universe and Auto Man and shit It had, well. like, short stories in it, the comic. Yeah. yeah. Games. It was just fucking sick, man. Yeah, they were fucking cool, man. But I do recall having a manual one at one point where... Dude, this is fucking crazy. And I remember this photo of Simon McCormack in his half panther face and just thinking, damn, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, show, it was, yeah. It was rad. But uh, yeah, show, just, I, yeah. I feel like it's right for a redo at some point. In the day, in this day and age of technology and, and all the rest, it would be kind of cool to see some sort of reprise of sorts, you know. It's well, doable. I, I rec- I reckon, man. Like, I really think. Like, I I I really think. If you're gonna do Manimal, like, if you're gonna do a redo of Manimal, go full fucking horror with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't, don't do the fucking Baywatch Twenty One Jump Street fucking comedy thing with it. Mm. Go full on horror with it. Would be my that'd be my take anyway. Well, you got to remember, man. Like, we're talking about a human that can transform into animals. Animals have fucking animal instinct a lot of those animals have the instinct to kill yeah so yeah like how does the guy turn into a panther and not fucking kill motherfuckers well yeah yeah exactly like i don't know I, i'm just that's just me thinking out loud dude the, you know what the really crazy thing about manimal was is that i was watching the the pilot episode right mm. and it's like he does his panther riff shreds the tuxedo that he's in but then, like, he goes and, like, changes back to human next to the unconscious uh, Melody Anderson. And he, like, changes <laughs> back. But his fucking tuxedo is just completely there. It's just like, wow. Not only can he transform into animals, apparently he has magical sewing abilities. You know what? I was just... I, I won't in- interject with my... A uh, little segue topic here, but um, oh no, no, do do <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to stay on animal because this is fascinating, and I, I kind of want to close that chapter neatly without falling off the track. Can, um, can, can there ever be any closure with animal? Is well, is my okay? My so question. <laughs> correct me, yeah, you know, work with me here because you've watched it more recently than I have. I'm just going off childhood memory here, but animal was basically he was part of a secret service agency or something investigating no he was a consultant to the police right because i i was the same dude i never knew what the fuck he was i was like is he just some like rich adventurer who's just like yeah "Eh, i can turn into any animal in the world i'm just going to get my kicks by solving crimes Mm. as you do as you do you know 1985 or whatever it was yeah um but no apparently he was a um, so he was a professor slash lecturer, but he was on like criminology 
and animal instincts. Apparently those two link somehow. I'm not right. sure how. Okay. Um, who worked as a consultant with the police. Because uh-huh. reasons. Um, <laughs> they, they never, that was the, I think that was the beautiful thing about 80s television is that yeah. they never actually explained this shit. It was just like, no, here he is. This is what he does. And he works with the cops. It's like, there's no explanation as to like, you know, how he got involved with working with the police. Mm. Like, I guess they were just going university to university, knocking on like lecture hall doors and going, Hey, anyone in here want to solve crime with us? Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> it's New York. It's the eighties. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> oh, dude! No wonder the the show ended so soon. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it actually, apparently, so this is the fucking crazy thing. Apparently, it ended because of budget constraints. Like it was actually pretty popular, but yeah, it was okay. just like, oh, we don't have the money to keep fucking bringing in an elephant every week for you guys. Sorry. Yeah, well, because the, the special effects were, I, I do recall reading about it, and the special effects were, at the time, very expensive, you know, for yeah. TV. And um, for them to do, you know, for Glenn Larson to do it the way he wanted to do it, would have just cost them too much money than they could afford to do the show. So mm. it was kind of a, you know, they had to make a few sacrifices, and they had to yeah. use a lot of stock footage, and, you know... It's well, much they like basically... Where- yeah, dude, they ba- I was literally going to say, man, they basically did a werewolf. Um, mm. So there's a lot of, um, w- especially when he turns into the panther, which was mm. pretty much the only sequence you ever saw him full-on transform. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, howling uh, American werewolf in London-style bladder work there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that They've obviously, you know, done a couple of times, shot the absolute fuck out of it, and just recycled it. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the time, like for TV, those would have been pretty expensive effects. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, Cause I mean, also like, you know, I mean, that, that's only, a, it, this is only like a couple of years removed from American Wealth in London and the Howling. So mm. all that tech would have been fairly new and fairly expensive. So yeah, no wonder it's just like six episodes in fucking get out of here, guys. Mm. We can't afford this shit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm with you, man. I think like there's definitely room there for a reprise. I mean, in a day and age where you know it's fair to say most '80s um, TV shows are worthy of of reboots. I mean, we've seen a few already, like with Magnum PI, Hawaii Five O, mm. which was more '70s actually. MacGyver, but MacGyver. You know, a lot of these I haven't even watched, but. No, me either. I, I can't do new Magnum or MacGyver. Nah. Like, I'm literally like, I don't care how good it is. I'm Look, sorry. I don't give a fuck what anyone says, man. If if there, if there ain't no Tom Selleck looking dude with a mustache, I ain't interested. No, exactly, man. Like, Yeah, there's certain rules to this, man. And yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't have Tom Selleck and the Mo and that fucking sweet theme song, get yeah. out. Yeah. You're wasting my time. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. So with Manimal, yeah, I, I mean, it's wishful thinking. It'd be great to see like a reprise, but it probably won't happen. But, um, you know, much like Airwolf and fucking Street Hawk. Street Hawk. Oh, my God. Oh, that was great. I did, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I, I just kind of think, like, Manimal is such 
an obscure little thing. It was that... just left of center amongst all these shows that just, you know, came out at the time. I mean, you look at, yeah, you know, straight off the bat, we've got Airwolf, we got Blue Thunder, the TV show, Street Hawk, you know, all Auto the Man. Auto yeah, Man, all Knight these, Rider. Yeah, all these car, you know, vehicle style shows. And then you got this guy that can turn into a fucking panther and yeah. everything else. It's like, whoa, where, where the fuck did this come from? Well, it's just so weird and obscure. It's just like, I just kind of feel like they literally could bring this. I, I, I would be surprised if someone hasn't tried to Look, I'm get sure something going. It's been pitched around the table, I'm sure. You know, someone's, someone's gone, hey, what about uh, Menable Luke? That was a show from the 80s. <laughs> and everyone's probably just looked at him and gone, what the fuck are you on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess much. I just sort of think like with, with the, the amount of revivals that we've sort of seen with 80s properties and stuff like that, I'm, I'm really surprised no one's had another turn at Manimal. It would be interesting. I mean, you know, they, they pulled off a lot of the animal effects with Beast Boy quite well in Titans. Yeah. And, you know, failing them doing a Beast Boy spinoff or something radical like that, it would be kind of cool to see, you know, uh, a manimal show of some sort. But like you say, give it a darker turn. But, you know, again, that's all in the wishful thinking category. Mm. Yeah, it, it and uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Has, uh, oh, those, those are my Power two. and Soldiers of the Future. Wow. That was a great show too. Dude, man, I used to, like, I remember seeing ads for that in comics and just going, what the fuck is this? This looks so completely rad. And I remember they used to air it. When I was a kid, I was in, like, grade six or Mm. five. Mm. And it aired at, like, fucking half past four in the morning and I had this crap ass little fucking Japanese digital alarm clock that was like probably the size of like your thumb that I used to like set and put under my pillow to wake me up. Mm, that, okay. was how de- that was how dedicated I was to Captain Power. That's interesting, man. That's fucking cool. I just, re- my, I don't recall the show that well. I just thought these guys had cool outfits uh, it looked fucking rad as fuck, but the bad guy looks scary as shit. Dude, I've got it on DVD. Um, yeah, I, you do. Yeah, yeah. I found out it was coming out on DVD, the complete series, and I fucking jumped on that like fucking nobody's business. It's basically, and this is how fucking cool it is. Um, look, the effects have dated terribly. Like. Mm. It's like it's early CGI. Look, I mean, these, early these eighty shows. Yeah, they don't date very well. No, but it's the concept is so fucking cool because yeah. it's it's fucking Centurions meets Terminator. Fuck yeah, and it's fucking awesome. It's like, hang on. So it's basically Terminator, like robots and cyborgs have taken over the fucking world and you know caused a nuclear war and all this sort of shit, and you've got like five dudes who all have like centurion style fucking battle armor they can teleport onto themselves to fight flying fucking terminators see that right there's a fucking rad concept uh, oh, i'm so in on this yeah like... sign me up this is fucking dope 
Yeah, like I mean that that is fucking mint right there, and that already just blows the shit out of fucking half of everything that's currently on TV right now. Yeah, it's it's fucking rad, man. Conceptually, I, I yeah, like conceptually, it's fucking cool as shit, and it's just like, man, if they. And the, the funny thing is, I haven't watched all of the series yet, like when I got it. Like, I watched probably about half of it. Hmm. The funny thing is, because um, I think uh, J. Michael Straczynski does some writing for it. Nice. Um, it's pretty fucking dark in spots, man. Like it's, I recall it being a bit dark. It's really, it's like, oh, I can see why this only got a season, because it's like, Kids are going to be watching this going, I want the toys. Parents are going to be watching it with the kids going, holy fuck, what are you watching? Mm, like, Jesus. Mm, mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's it's Captain Power is still fucking cool. Like, but, dude, like, I mean, here's the old man on the rocking chair moment. Like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, old man on a rocking chair with gas. Yeah, with gas, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you got to have the gas included. Um, oh, it's part and parcel. It's very important. Man, 100%. But, dude, like, you think about it, being a kid today, why the fuck would you watch normal TV when you see the ads for, hey, it's Married at First Sight. Oh, it's Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh, it's mm. Big Brother. It's like, oh, fucking shoot me now. Yeah. But when, when we were kids, it's like, Captain Power. It's like, yeah, dude. Well, that's the thing, man. So when we were kids, it's like fucking every night of the week, you've got like fucking the A Team or Knight Rider exactly. or Jump Street or Greatest Magnum American or Hero, Greatest American Hero, or The Incredible Hulk, Werewolf. Battlestar Galactica, Werewolf, Freddy's exactly. Nightmares. Shall we continue? Um, you know, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> when we were kids, man, it was like every fucking night of the week, there was something cool to watch. Like, to like, you know, it's like, oh, I got to be home by seven thirty. Why? Fucking A team's on. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> yeah, like, and oh, the A team's not on anymore. Oh, it must be taking a break for this year. Oh, and, what's replacing it? Street Hawk. Yeah, and it's like when they when they say you know like shows like Master Chef and they go, oh, it's an explosive episode. No, it's fucking not. The A team is explosive because shit gets blown up. Well, yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing, man. I mean, that's, ah. that's the reality, right? So, yeah, that's my old man on the rocking chair moment. Yeah, no, I'm 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 right there with you. Thanks, man. We're just rocking away. Um, but dude, getting back to the the manimal thing that I was segueing a little bit with, or not so much segueing, but veering off topic. When you were talking about the tuxedos, so I finally watched a film that I've been wanting to watch for quite some time, and. Thanks to the the mighty local library, they they had a new DVD copy of Frank Langella's Dracula. Ah, oh, wow! Yes, and I finally watched it, and fuck me, I am so happy that I watched it because I I had very low expectations. I thought eh, it's going to be meh, whatever, but dude, it was actually fucking cool. Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, like, Frank Langella has Dracula. Masterful. Like, he really plays the Prince of Darkness superbly. Um, very, very, you know, he rivals the great Christopher Lee and, and you know, even Bella Lugosi and that. He just, his accent is not quite in the traditional sense, but it's well done. He delivers the dialogue with a sinister tone that just 
it's all his own, you know? Well, I think, um, like, it's a very different, because I watched, I mean, when did I last? I watched it probably about two or three months ago. Right. Uh, no, it would have been probably about six, seven months ago when I got it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blu-ray, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, uh, it's a very different take on Dracula, which it kind is. of, because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Um, and I really appreciated watching it this time around because I'm like, once I sort of got into it, I'm like, okay, this is a very different take on the story. Like, it doesn't really follow the traditional. There's bits there, but it's, it sort of takes a few liberties, but it's a very, it's a fucking good looking movie. It is a great looking movie, beautifully shot, um, an impressive cast, Donald Pleasance, hello. Mm. That's that's a nice little addition. Um, but, yeah, it's a beautiful-looking film. And uh, Frank Langella um, just delivers a great performance. And what I appreciated about this was um, I'll, I'll just quickly add my humorous bit in this just to add to your Manimal segue, um, segment. The fact that when he transforms into a bat, how, how quickly he just, when he turns back into Dracula his tuxedo is complete. Like, so these guys have these magical tuxedos. As yeah, it's, well the as same magical... As, it's the same as Duncan Regar in Monster Squad. It's like he goes from bat to, like, yeah, dude. And right. it's like his, his tux is just still there with the cape and the whole so, thing. It's like, wow. So all these people cool. talk about, oh, cool, you know, he can turn into mist. Like, even um, fucking Gary Oldman in Dracula. Same yeah. thing. He can turn into mist. He can turn into a wolf. But then he can also turn into a fully clothed man. Isn't that any, I don't know, I don't know about you, but do you find that freaky? It's a fucking skill is what it is. It is a boss level skill. Mm. And I was impressed. I was all kinds of impressed. Uh, but the, the thing that impressed me with Dracula was um, we didn't see Frank Langella with fangs, red eyes, none of those tradition, not even claws, none of those traditional Dracula mm. traits that we've seen in previous films, especially from the 60s and that, we saw a much more, I don't know, just a very, in, you know, for a film that was filmed in England, it was a very English version of Dracula, very, yeah. very regal. You know, it was very, very much the fitting of the world persona of the Prince of Darkness, mm. as opposed to you know, the, the traditional, you know, Lord of Chaos and stuff. But he does make reference in the dialogue to his heritage and, you know, he's the last of his kind and stuff. And it was the way he talked about being the last of his kind and, um, you know, from his heritage and stuff, I was just totally captivated by just the way he delivered those lines. Um, it was just a little thing that I fell in love with in the movie. I, I, I really like it it's very, um, it's very, I can't pop that. Um, <laughs> it's a very, it's on the diaphragm, baby. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just taking a drink. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's a very, um, it's got that very early eighties aesthetic to it. Like it kind of mm. reminds me of, um, Oh, Jesus. Like, you know, it reminds me of um, stuff like Tarzan, the Ape Man, stuff like that with Bo Derek and everything. Like, it's mm. um, it's just got that really sort of 
lush kind of cinematography to it. It does. It really does. There's some beautiful cinematography in it. Mm, uh, and fucking gorgeous locations and stuff as well. Oh, it's just like you're watching incredible. It. Just go, Holy fuck. Like, I think it was shot in um, Sheffield in England. Yeah. Like they yeah. really spent the bucks and like got some great looking locations and everything. So yeah, it's, it's a really good looking film. I don't 1979. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like right on the cusp of the 80s, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no, it's it's a good flick, man. Like, it's a mm. really good flick. It's um, I just thought there was some cool moments, like the sequences <laughs> on the ship with the, you know, the sailors getting mauled and stuff by the wolf. Yeah. I don't know, like, that was kind of interesting. Like, you don't, they're the sort of things you don't normally see in a, in, in a Dracula film. And to see that was kind of cool. Like, I, I don't know, I just... I, I don't recall well, seeing that I, in any I, other ones. I think it was one of the, um, up until then, we'd pretty much, like, Dracula-wise, really, mm. we really had, like, Bella Lugosi um, and most of the Universal uh, Dracula films, like, as brilliant as they are, like, mm. are kind of bloodless affairs. Yes. Um, then we had, you know, a lot of all the Hammer stuff with Christopher Lee and, you know, Dracula's Daughters and stuff yes. like that, and Dracula's Brides, all that, all that stuff. The, you know, a bit more blood and stuff in there, but they were still relatively tame. Mm. Um, some of the later ones, you know, got a bit more like, oh, shit. I think, I th- yeah, <laughs> I think they kind of veered mm. off topic and went a little less vampire and a little more sex. Yeah, 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 yeah very much so. Mm. So, I mean, uh, Frank Langella's one was kind of uh, the first sort of full-on kind of gory sexy kind of Dracula that we really got in cinema up until Yeah. I just think um, it's very, I don't know, maybe it is rated, I don't know, but, you know, it's kind of a little washed in the mix of in between, you know, your Christopher Lee's and your, you know, Gary Oldman Dracula's and all the rest. It just, yeah. yeah I just feel like it's it's kind of a quiet achiever amongst the mix. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels like, um, I won't say it feels like a forgotten gem, but it, it feels like a Dracula movie that not too many people know about. Um, I think people just dismissed it for yeah, various yeah. reasons, for whatever reason. Well, and it, I know it had been unavailable for a very long time. Yes. Like it, it had not had a DVD or Blu release up until almost last year, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was kind of hard to, to come by. Yeah, I was all kind of excited when I saw it. And I went, oh, Eureka. Um but I'm so glad I saw it because it just, you know, I have always wanted to see it all my life and I finally mm. got to see it and it was just wonderful to watch beautifully shot sequences in England. Uh, it just really fitted the profile and aesthetic of the Dracula mythos. Um, the castle itself that Dracula moves to is just fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. And just the towards the latter part of the movie in the business end when uh, – John Harker goes to visit Dracula and um, in his castle and confront him. And they, uh, you know, the doors open and reveals Dracula atop the staircase with, you know, the, the monster heads and just, I don't know. It was just like your favorite looking haunted house come to yeah. life. It yeah. was very cool. And, yeah, um, no, exactly. Yeah. Man. It was, it was, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it is a fucking gorgeous looking movie. Like even if, you know, even if it's not 
your particular flavor of Dracula. Like you can't deny it is a fucking gorgeous film. Like it's just like yeah. you're just watching it and you're just going, wow. Like I just I appreciate it. Once again, I've got to say, I respect Frank for the fact that he approached Dracula, and I don't know if it was an intentional move or what, but he just went ahead and gave us a Dracula that was just him, you know? Yeah. Like, it yeah. was, there was no attempt to try and put on an accent. There was no, I don't know, like, again, he didn't, it, he's the first Dracula I've seen that didn't have the fangs. Well, okay. he's a, that's the thing, Ed. He's a, he's a smart actor because it's like, mm. you know, up until that point, I mean, you got to think, like, up until that point, it's like, your two most famous Draculas are Bella Lugosi and Christopher Lee. Yeah. And it's like, you know, to try and imitate either of those performances would just be silly. Yeah, absolutely. He gave us like a, a version that didn't have the, you know, the cheesy medallion, the, the red satin cape or anything. He did wear a cape, but it was a different kind of cape. And it was that, that you know, that 70s open chested shirt look. And it was well, yeah, he yeah. kind of went for like a very sort of because I mean I remember like back in the day like when they it was a very John Travolta look. Yeah, like he went for a very kind of sexed up Dracula. Yeah, like you know, a ver- very much like a seventies kind of sex symbol Dracula, it which was. back then you know he kind of was like yeah, Frank Langella was like you know all the all the ladies loved him, mm. um, and you know probably a few dudes too, but like that's the thing it's like you know back then it's like he he went for like a very much like a sex symbol kind of dracula Mm, absolutely and i i I just really liked the way he was able to and thanks to you know the directors and the writers um of the film that were able to just i was impressed with the way he was able to transform from dracula to the wolf to the bat Mm. i kind of like that i really liked it a lot it was very well done. Yeah. But um, the power of his hypnotic stare was very impressive. I really liked that. Like, just the way he just said to Mina and, and Lily, look at me. And yeah. They, and that, I don't know. There was something about that. It was just like, oh, here we go. This is good. So, <laughs> yeah. It was cool. It was very cool. Renfield was cool as well. I liked Renfield. Um he had a nice little role eating his cockroaches and <laughs> love and life. And I don't know. I mean, for a Dracula film, it just, yeah. Like the, the only bits of vampirism that we really truly got of the traditional sense was Mina and, um, uh, fuck, what's her name? Lily. I think it is. Mm. Uh, yeah. Both, you know, turning into, you know, uh, white, white skinned, red contact lens, fucking vampiresses, you know, that was kind of cool. I feel like we've got a Dracula episode on the cards at some point. Yeah, I definitely do. I, I feel like I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, it'd be really cool to do just a bit of a rundown sort of chronological discussion of, you know, the, the, the pros and cons of every Dracula. Mm. Yeah, even if it's like a two, three part episode thing, you know. Because there's a few hidden gems out there, man. Like that, I, you know, I was really dismissive of it when I mm. first saw the first episode that uh, Jonathan Reese Myers Dracula TV series. Haven't seen it yet. Dude, it's fucking good, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'll check that shit out. It is really good. I, it's, again, it's a very different take, but it's fucking good. Like, I watched the first episode and I just was like, what is this shit? 
Mm. Like, what is this fucking turd? Like, this isn't Dracula. Fuck off. And then I left it for a few weeks. I went back and I was like, I'll give it a few more. I'll give it another try. And, you know, watch the first episode, like, with no expectations this time. Like, no, like, okay, this is going to be proper Dracula. It's like, no, 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 just watch it. Let it be its own thing. Mm -hmm. And, man, I fucking really got into it. It is really cool. Like, you know, great take on Renfield. Great take on the mythology. um, Pretty fucking gory in spots. Cool. Um, like, yeah, it was really fucking good, man. And, you know, nice. it sucks that it only got one season. It's like a total travesty. Mm. Yeah, some shows are like that, aren't they? But, um, yeah, and, and it's much like the the Frank Langella Dracula. It's kind of, yeah, just just kind of a forgotten gem of sorts. Mm. And I guess really only diehard sort of horror fans would know of it because, I mean, you ask any you know, any kid today about Dracula and they go, I don't know, they'll give you some half-winded answer, but no one will fucking ever mention Frank Langella's performance as Dracula, which mm. I do, you know, whilst admitting that I hadn't seen it for, you know, till recently, I had always appreciated and respected the photos that I'd seen of Frank as Dracula. I was always well, And the movie in. post is really cool as well. Yeah, it was awesome. Very cool. Like the mist like, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just a good-looking um, promotion for what inevitably is a good-looking film. So, I guess in essence, what we're trying to say is, boys and girls, is if you haven't seen Dracula, the nineteen seventy-nine um, version with mm-hmm. Frank Langella, fucking yeah, change that channel and and chuck it on, man. It's good. Yeah, get on, get on that shit. Yeah. Um, but where do we rate Leslie Nielsen amongst the great cinematic uh, Draculas? Well, listen, <clears throat> that's a great question, Jake, because, <laughs> I mean, fuck, I don't, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I don't even you're, know. You're going to have to this. wait for our inevitable Dracula episode to find oh, out the answer to that Dracula one. dead and loving it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's not also forget, um, oh, fuck, here, I've just started it and I can't finish it. George... What's his name? George, George, George. Golden skinned, bronze, fucking. Oh, George Hamilton's. Uh, Thank love you. At first bite. Yes, George Hamilton. Love at first bite. I've got that. I've got that and uh, once bitten as a double feature on a blue. Oh, uh, yes. See, there's and... some fucking gems there, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. One, I, once bitten is just a fucking great film yeah yeah it's just uh, early jim carrey Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it it is great laura uh lauren hutton is it yep lauren hutton yeah Yeah. she's great yeah Yeah. it's a great film same with uh george hamilton as as uh oh love at first bite it's like it's just comedic who the fuck cast george hamilton a actor known for his tan yeah, Dracula. I mean, <laughs> brilliant. I mean, dude. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. Like last time I checked, Dracula was supposed to be pale skin, fucking creature of the night. And yeah, and I mean, have... that's the thing. It's like George Hamilton, who looks like a fucking leather briefcase. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the most tanned fucking Hollywood actor of all time. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. But hey, no. it, it's memorable, and we the fan and. We'll never forget that shit. Oh, no. It was gold. Um, Yeah. So, um, 
randomly, randomly, uh, just quickly, comic book wise, I've read uh, issue one of Death Dealer. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, Frank Frenzetti? Uh, Frenzetta, yes. Frenzetta, yes. That's the one. Um, dude, great read. I fucking yeah. enjoyed that. Yes. I read some of the ones uh, from a million years ago in the 90s that right. Glenn Danzig wrote. I have um, I have that issue one of that one. Yeah. Who was it? Was it Danzig and Simon Bisley? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I had read those, but I haven't read the new one yet. The new one's good. It gives us a more scaled down version, more straight to the point, more more of a digestible sort of read for people that can't wrap their heads around, you know, having to use their brains a bit more to, to figure out the plot. Um, yeah. Yeah, this guy's got the cursed helmet. It's quite evident early on in the piece. Um, and, yeah, there's a little bit of nudity in there, a bit of, you know, a um, bit of sex scene going on and, you know, a bit of violence. And, um, yeah, overall, great first read. Like, I was... I was pleasantly happy with it. The artwork looked great. Um, yeah, nice gore. It was. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm happy. I took the dive. Oh, nice. Yeah, I finished Evil Ernie. Yeah, you did. When, I, what, I, was, what was your thoughts? I really loved it. Yeah, I, I, I really. I because the last couple of Evil Ernie uh, miniseries, I haven't. I enjoyed them, mm-hmm. but. I just kind of went, eh, I don't really feel like they got it right. They've kind of tried to make him too much of a hero when he really kind of shouldn't be. Mm. But I really feel like this series really nailed it. Like they really got it right. Like they, you I know, think they, so too. They had him doing some heroic stuff towards the end there, but yeah. there was a really good, plot driven reason behind it mm. like it wasn't just like you know oh yeah like you know he's evil but he's not as evil as these guys it's like no he's evil it's just like he's possessed like a really good kid who's kind yeah. of like you know taking control and got gotten a handle on it and shit i really enjoyed it man and i Same. really loved the uh the little post credits kind of scene um that was fun in the cafe i thought yeah, that was fucking that was fun. fun yeah i mean for a little four-part miniseries it fucking ticked all the boxes nice little return to form got got me all kinds of nostalgia because i'm sure it did you yeah and it just kind of took it took us back to the 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 magic of the chaos comics and evil Ernie, which it will never be as magnificent as that era but it certainly gave us a, t- a taste of the greatness that was and i you know i was thinking about this the other day <clears throat> uh, why the fuck has there not been an evil ernie movie like why have we not got an evil ernie film Look, or at least an animated this film is, or something like that like it's an interesting question jake because you know there's so much magic that came from the chaos comics era that we've touched on a few times mm. and um, evil Ernie's in my opinion sits at the top. I mean, he's kind of like the, he's kind of like the flagship, um, the poster well, child of that. He's the Spider-Man of chaos. He really is. That, like that's the thing. And I, I mean, I saw the lady death anime and I got to say, I wasn't particularly impressed. Um, yeah. It was just kind of a bit like, but I've never been a massive Lady Death fan. Like, I'm not the hugest fan. I mean, look, it's 
I, I can't even get into it. I'm just... I just feel like Lady Death doesn't work without Evil Ernie, you know? It's like you see the cover and you go, oh, cool, it's Lady Death. But do you read it? Uh, probably no. not. No. Because the plot... I feel like comics like that and, you know, there's probably going to be a few haters out there. Oh, you can't say that about Lady Death. She's you know, sophisticated and evil and the Death incarnate. But... No, it's, it's your, boring your, plot. Your pissy nerd voice is perfect. I've Thank just got to, I've just got to throw that out there. Thanks, like, thanks, let's, man. Let's just, let's just have a, a moment take... of applause for Jesse's pissy nerd voice because Yay, it's, it's spot on. It's, it's a pitch perfect impression. Thanks, thanks, dude. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I've really worked hard on that. It's uh, spent a lot of time researching <laughs> and hanging around with real fucking, you know, bedroom ridden fucking keyboard warrior nerds that fucking <laughs> just ought to be bitch slapped from dried dried cheeto stains oh, on the shirt. Dude, yeah you know it but yeah look lady death i feel like that and other certain comics that i have attempted to read like panther fucking even purgatory to a degree they've just lacked a fucking right hook of a plot that well, evil ernie the, consistently gave us that's the thing man i feel like you know that whole period of like what was like the bad girl comics yes, of the 90s yes. where you got like lady death and um mm-hmm. you know uh to a degree they tried to shoehorn vampirella in there yes and uh witchblade and yep. fathom and, yep. and dark child and yep. stuff like that it was all like the art was really pretty, mm, but was. there was no plot. It was mm. like basically like, oh, here's a lot of TNA and almost nudity and this really threadbare plot that like the fucking average issue of the worst Rob Liefeld comic mm. would have a better plot in there. Yeah. And man, I read Brigade and Bloodstrike. There was some fucking stinkers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like th- those bad girl comics, I they got so popular and it was obviously a segment of the nerd community that was not having any sex. Mm. Um, I just, I tried to read some of them because, you know, you'd same, get wizarded and it'd be like, Oh, lady death. Number one's going to be super hot and fucking rah, 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 mm. rah. And in 50 mm. years you can sell this and buy a mansion. Mm. And you just go, Oh, I guess I'll pick it up and have a look if it's yeah. getting so much hype. And I just could never get into them. Like I just, it was like, okay, the art is really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's certainly really nice art. Um, the tits are in check. There's, there's, you know, anti-gravity breasts on display, um, usually obscured by like some very convenient steam or bubbles or something like that. And an uh, outfit that defies logic because yeah, it's yeah. barely hanging on by a thread. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, postage stamps and dental floss were like the costume design of the day. Like mm-hmm. these, these chicks were wearing outfits. That I like that like... analogy. <laughs> these, these chicks were wearing outfits that would make Sher or Madonna from the late 80s go, oh, that's a bit much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, they just had no fucking substance to them. Whereas like uh, Evil, uh, Evil Ernie. Couldn't agree more. Like, man, mm. like Evil, Evil Ernie was like, it, it was, was just carnage. Well, it was a heavy metal music video come to life. It like, really it was, was, man. It was every fucking Megadeth video or fucking Slayer. Every It was just like, it was such a fucking cool heavy metal comic. Mm. The, like you couldn't, it was like, it was just this perfect blend of metal and horror. And to this day, I'm just like, how in fuck's name 
has no one ever gone, fuck it, we're doing a movie on this. I know, or at least fucking R-rated animated flick, man. Yeah, man. Sick, like with a kick-ass heavy metal soundtrack. Um, dude, it would just make perfect sense. It really would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I agree with everything you've just said. I'm not going to add too much more to what you've just said. And just all I'm going to say is every fucking issue. I love Vampirella. I really do. I love the the concept of Vampirella. And I respect that she's been around since the 60s, you know, fucking this, you know, yeah, just the, the vixen of horror comics but just suffers from poor plot choices. And that just rolled through Lady Death, fucking Purgatory and all, you know, the plots well, are just... I, yeah, that's the thing, man. I feel like with Vampirella, it's like Vampirella from like the 60s through to the 80s mm. was pretty cool because they were pretty much leaning into the horror of it. Like, yeah, like, there was yeah, there was a certain she substantial was, amount of horror. Sexy. She's got her like bathing suit with a yeah. fucking collar. Cool. But she also wear wear um she would wear other clothes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really lent into the horror of it. But I feel mm. like when all the TNA stuff of the nineties got really popular, they tried to shoehorn Vampirella into they that. They did. They did. And it was such a bad fit. I mean, it was just look. It was fucking. It was. It was like fucking spank mag material, comic book style. I mean, well, it, when it, it was. It was when, like spank. It was like spank material, but there was no actual nudity, and no. it was for dudes that couldn't afford to go and get penthouse or Playboy. Yeah, exactly. Or no, like, too embarrassed to. <laughs> or you know, it was, it was teen boys that got wise to it and thought, and and comic publishers got wise and went, hey, you know, we can get fucking hormonal teens to buy this shit and they you know their parents won't know otherwise because i'll just go hey i'm just gonna buy it i need 20 bucks to go buy some comic books oh no worries honey go buy some comics not realizing they're buying fucking lady death swimsuit edition yeah well that's the thing it's like you know they it's it's like they, they just sort of like walked into a comic shop saw a bunch of guys jacking off over todd mcfarlane <laughs> drawings of mary jane in spidey and went hey there's a market for spank material in comic books. Yeah. Let's fucking do that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, oh, we'll get them. No, if, if they like Todd McFarlane drawing Mary Jane, hey, let's put Catwoman in a fucking G-banger. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's just, it, I, I never got into it. I nah, was, same. Yeah, I, I even, was too busy chasing real girls. Yeah, um, same. Do you remember even Gene Simmons had a go at one point with Demonatrix? Yeah, I remember that. Oh boy, I I'm trying. I've got the I've still got the book because I I was just like, oh cool, Gene Simmons put out a comic. Oh, well, that's like dancing. Like that's why I I always kind of respected uh the whole Veronica comics line because it's yeah. like dancing just went nah fuck it I'm doing horror and porn in a yeah. comic book together. He was honest and there's, about it. There's gonna be fucking and dick and pussy and mm-hmm. fucking you know ropey jets of jism across the page <laughs> and shit like that and horror and people are going to get their heads ripped off and this chick's going to have teeth for nipples and it's just like oh glenn god bless you you're a fucking lunatic yeah but, totally you know at, at least you're fucking doing what you say on the tin like, yeah exactly you know? i mean that's the thing he is He's advertising it, and it's what you're going to get. You get everything except for the, the Jizz in Boys cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which it, would be fucking masterful. <laughs> 
Which I would, I, I literally would not put that past Glenn Danzig to do. I really Dude, wouldn't. It's just like, it, Glenn, you're a fucking lunatic and I Glenn, love you for it. <laughs> yes, Glenn, we salute you and it's never too late to do it now, mate. Yeah, uh, it, would, it would be glorious. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, yeah, man. Anyway, uh, comics aside. Um, <laughs> Is that we, a brief detour into uh, the perversions of the 90s? Well, you know, we've talked about some comics and well, yeah, perversions of the 90s. I just, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, if you weren't there to realise how fucked up and crazy the comics market was in the 90s, no one can accurately explain it. It's like... You could scratch the surface, but it's just like, no, 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 you, you don't know. You weren't there. Like, yeah. You don't know how fucking hey, weird let, and crazy let, it was. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I'm just, th- I'm just, it's just dawned on me now. I'm just thinking about it briefly going, do you think Pamela Anderson's um, appearance in, you know, in the world uh, reflected in the comics? Like, do you think that that she basically had an impact and influence on on this, you know, fucking explosion of sexy fucking vixens in comics? I, honestly, that's a really good point, dude. Because, I mean, she was, like, you know, the hottest, most photographed fucking sex symbol. I, in the I honestly, I honestly, you know, now that you mention it, I would do say... Do you think about yeah, it? Because it's like... Like, you think about that. It's like, you think about, like, Pamela Anderson being so fucking popular in the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, her being pretty much the reason why Baywatch became so popular. Mm. Like, let's face it. Like, Mm. people were tuning in to see Pam run in slow motion. Yeah. But then you also think, like, what else was, like, massively on the rise in the 90s was the supermodel, like, Elle McPherson, Cindy Crawford. Every Man teen boy's fucking first bonus. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that all of that, like the nineties was a really fucking sexed up decade. It um, really was, man. Thank God I was alive during it. Um, Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, all of that stuff. So yeah, and I mean, you know, comics are always a really big reflection of what everything else that's going on in pop mm. culture. Like mm. movies. Uh, TV, music, everything, like all of that filters into comics and influences them. So, yeah, man, I think you could be onto something there. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it's a fascinating thing because you think about it. I mean, a lot of, you know, the provocative photos that was published of her, which is pretty much 99.9% of them, she was, you know, her fucking fucking incredibly small waist with barely, you know, scantily clad fucking you know, clothing and gravity defying breasts in, mm. uh, in most provocative poses, you know, guys like Rob Liefeld and that would have looked at that and gone, holy shit, she's hot ass. Oh, wow. I'm a really good drawer. Hey, I'm going to start drawing. Oh, well, Hey, I can draw a whole fucking comic book of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Plot. We don't need a plot. We just put well, tits I mean, and arse you know, on every page. Even 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 Liefeld got in on it with like fucking Evangeline mm. and fucking you know Lady Glory and mm-hmm. all that sort of shit. Yeah, like yeah, man, all, all of that stuff. I mean, you know, and then you know, like it even filtered into like you know Wildcats and stuff yeah, like that. Totally. Uh, well, because I mean, all the dudes looked fucking masculine as fucked as well, with perfect jawlines and ripped fucking 
not six packs, but eight packs and, yeah. you know, bulging biceps. It's like, dude, where do you guys work out, man? Like, fuck. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, like every dude looked fucking ripped as fuck and every yeah. chick looked like Pamela Anderson. I, I don't yeah. know. It's just an observation I've made. And Yeah. yeah. That, that, well, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, I, I, I think like, you know, that the whole Pam supermodel thing, I, I think that definitely filtered into comics and really heavily influenced the whole bad girlfriend yeah i think so too man i really do and you know i I, i'm kind of i know they're trying to really um you know keep the vampirella thing alive and and you know they are she's got many titles and i um i've been getting the die dynamite comic series that's been out at the moment with oh yeah her and red sonya and Panther, and it's it's okay. I mean, it's kind of I, I was intrigued by the concept of zombies in the dynamite universe with you know these vixens of of their of the dynamite universe, and I thought, well, okay, let's check this out, give it a run. Um, it's okay. It's not mm. completely memorable, but you know, there's some tasty gore in it. Tarzan fucking gets mixed up in in the shit. Jane's fucking on a vendetta to find her husband and. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool, but um, yeah, I don't know. With Vampirella, it just I've tried flicking through a few recent issues, and that's kind of as far as I go. I just find myself flicking through it, going, eh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe some nerd out there is probably going. You've got it completely wrong. The plot is uh, completely different to the way you've portrayed it, and it's actually quite. Um, very, very deeply writ- well written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to that nerd, I would say, get back to me when you've seen a girl without staples in a belly button. Exactly, and he probably listens to Morrissey. But, <laughs> but I, I even tried. Like, I, I got um, I've gotten the last couple of uh, Witchblade compendiums because I was yeah. like, fuck it, I am actually going to sit down and I'm going to read Witchblade from woe to go because I do think it's a good concept mm-hmm. and. It was very, when it first came out, it was very hit and miss to try and get because everyone was buying it because it's yeah. like, oh my God, Michael Turner's drawing hot chicks. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Um, and I've always fucking loved the darkness. Like mm, darkness, darkness is fucking awesome and it's so my jam. And I just, my God, just fucking let me make a movie about it already. Um, <laughs> but I, like those first few issues of Witchblade, oh man, like, it's a bit of a slog to get through. Like it does the plotting and the writing of it does improve as the series goes on. Mm. But Jesus Christ, like it's... there are some patchy spots. Yeah. There. Like yeah. the art's gorgeous. Um, and I'll always remember the issue where he drew Michael Madsen making a guest appearance, which oh, I cool. thought was fucking rad. Yeah. Um, but, oh dude, it is so patchy plot wise. Like mm, it's like, that's sad you just kind of like going, okay, you've taken 12 to 14 issues to tell a story that you probably could have told in six. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you know, 32 pages of comic, at least, you know, probably a quarter of that is a lot of cheesecake poses, a lot of, you know, Sarah Pizzini, the chick that 
holds the witchblade, a lot of stuff of her like getting mm. out of bed with a sheet mm. on. Mm. Oh, she's getting out of the shower. Yeah. Oh, her costume's been torn up because she can't <laughs> control the witchblade. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> there's two like very thin pieces of fabric covering her nipples. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, it's conveniently ripped everywhere except her crotch. Wow. And like, it's funny how this was just such a occurring theme in the 90s yeah it happens every issue and you're yeah. just going like it's like oh I, I appreciate the fact that you're an incredibly popular comic at the time the artwork is amazing michael turner is a hell of an artist mm. um was a hell of an artist rest mm-hmm. in peace mm-hmm. uh but you know plot wise it's like you weren't really aiming to sell this on a great story where you guys and again like th- this you know this is part of a topic that we've talked about on numerous occasions the part of the success of a great comic book and a memorable comic is that wonderful pairing of artist and writer yeah and that's where i feel a lot of these titles that we've talked about sure we could have had all the tits and ass in the world but if we had the plot to back it up equally as effectively that would have been fucking just way more memorable. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't understand why we didn't get that. And of it, course, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. It's like, look, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's no nice way to say it. When you actually start having sex for real comic book girls, don't really do it for you anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> right. When, when you're 12 or 13, you know, you're probably going, Oh my God, fuck Mary Jane. Like, Okay, to be fair, I still have a crush on Mary Jane, but that's because I am fucking redheads of my kryptonite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, look, I mean, the the Witchblade thing was um, pretty successful for many reasons. Um, you know, all two strands covering the nipples reasons. But <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, the concept of it was cool too. I, I really dug it. But, well, it is a really cool concept. That's the thing. And like, they made a TV really series cool of it. Yeah. Mm. And um, I recall the TV series not quite hitting the, the mark as effectively as it could have. No, it really didn't. Um, although uh, a friend of mine played Ian Nottingham in the TV series. Oh, we did. Kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, look, I mean, d- d- that's the thing. My point is you've got this great-looking artwork, Yes, yes, uh, sex sells in the 90s. Fucking God bless America and all that jazz. But, dude, if you, you there's so many talented writers out there. Just fucking find one and add it to the mix and give, mm. give the audience a fucking comic worthy of their hard-earned cash besides, oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's a whole bunch of spank material and, oh, don't worry about the plot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it's, it was a... Um... It was a fascinating trend, and I'm kind of glad it's over. Yeah. Speaking of trends, I want to um, digress um, quickly, if we could. Um, uh, recently, oh, I... we never do anything quickly. This last oh, no, no, <laughs> just saying, it's wishful thinking. But um, I recently watched, and I know you haven't watched it yet, but I was, I mentioned to you, I'd seen a movie that's currently showing in cinemas right now to give a shout out to the wonderful team at monster fest um who have celebrated um yeah over 10 years sorry over five years of um 
is it five or ten? Oh fuck up! I've really fucked this up now. It's but been gone for a while. I know it's been gone for a while. Yeah, but they've been delivering fucking conventions and movie premieres and promoting short films and uh, Australian and international filmmakers. Uh, you know, through their platform for you know for a good long period of time, and recently, um, you know, helped out with the Blumhouse um, latest release of Dashcam. And I guess this is an interesting segue from where we've been talking because it's a very um, a movie that has a very powerful, in my opinion, social commentary of today's society. And um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer or not, dude, but... I haven't yet. I literally just saw the uh, posters popping up around the place because mm. this movie was not on my radar at all. Like, Same. It was just like, it just popped out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it, it's it's the latest found footage kind of film that's come out. And I guess this is where I wanted to ask you your opinion about found footage. But um, I'll just give you a quick rundown of Dashcam. It's a cool movie. I liked it. A lot of people won't like it because it's a lot of, you know, it's all basically practically shot on iPhone, like on this dash yeah. cam app called Bandcar. Um, I, I can't even, I'm fucking terrible at remembering these things, but it's basically on a, on an app where you can, you know, it's, it's like a live live streaming service where you can, you know, record music while talking to your audience and stuff. And, um, and this, this uh, character, Annie, who's actually a real life pop rock star um, who was in a band called giant drag. Who's actually actually pretty dang cool. Like the songs are pretty cool. Um, But anyway, she basically, this is all filmed, you know, pandemic period. Um, She's fucking over the lockdown bullshit decides I'm jumping on a plane, going to the UK. We see, you know, empty airports, you know, so there's a lot of running commentary, the whole time she's live with her audience constantly talking to her, donating, all that sort of shit. And she ends up in the UK to visit her mate Stretch. Um, and there's some interesting, you know, because she's a bit, you know, kind of um, opposed to the, you know, she's a bit of a tinfoil hat wearing person, you know, against the vaccine yeah. and, you know, fuck wearing masks and all this sort of shit. She's very liberal. And um, yeah, you know, she ends up, long story short, ends up still in her mate's car and driving and um, by chance ends up fucking picking up a passenger. And the that's where the shit just turns south and it turns into a very bizarre film very quickly. And it turns into the, uh, does it turn into like the film clip for By the Way by Chili Peppers? Kind of, yeah. Because that's what I'm thinking and uh, yeah, I love that song anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a very bizarre film. But in the set... In, for me watching it, it for some reason i'm thinking of that that fucking famous pen and teller magic trick of um did you you know you watching one thing but did you catch the the fucking dancing gorilla yeah everyone missed it you know and i feel like this is that movie where we're we're focusing on this aspect of what we're told is the horror but the real horror is actually the social media of what's going on. Like all these mm. people, they're watching, you know, people getting killed and, you know, car crashes and all this bizarre fucking violent shit going on. But they're going, oh, cool. This, this is going on. Oh, cool. He's five bucks. And it's like, guys, <laughs> there's some real shit going on here. And you're yeah. just fucking running commentary. 
Like, I, I don't know about you, but yeah, I just found that interesting. Well, I feel like, um, I feel like found, found footage is kind of a two edged sword for me. Cause it's yeah. like, I mean, obviously the Blair Witch Project kicked it off. And Were you a fan of that? I, I, the, the funny thing with the Blair Witch Project. Cause I'll be that, honest. I, I wasn't, I was just kind of the last five minutes to me was like kind of like the last 10 minutes of Titanic. I just went, okay, so I'll sit through this whole movie and what the best bit is right at the very end. Cool. Rad. Thanks. See, for, for me, Blair, Blair, which was weird because the hype around it. And I thought the media campaign, the marketing oh, was the best fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I was having nightmares about that movie before I even saw it yeah. because the marketing was so good and it just, really captured my imagination and it freaked me out before I even saw it. And then I saw the film and mm. I was kind of like, eh. um, and I, I, I had a weird Blair Witch journey where I kind of hated, liked it, then hated it and then hated it and then really hated it. And then kind of came back around on it mm-hmm. to kind of liking it again, or at least appreciating it. Um, and yeah, I, I just kind of, um, it's, it's a movie that I appreciate what it did. Um, but I can't say that I love it or I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Um, I think the last five minutes is brilliant. Yeah. Um, that's and the I, coolest bit, right? I feel like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you watch the movie, like it's a joke and the last five minutes is a fucking amazing punchline, it really works. Yeah. Um, the sequel, I kind of liked, I kind of liked Book of Shadows more than I liked Blair Witch Project, which mm. I know is complete travesty to some people. No, but it was a bit more, it was a bit more of your palatable horror kind of film well, of yeah, the time, it right? A, it had a great soundtrack. And yeah. It also, I feel like it had some interesting shit to say about fandom and stuff yeah. as well. And I feel like that's kind of the real kind of punch of found footage movies is that they can deliver really excellent social commentary when they're done right. Um, On the other hand, I do feel like a lot of really lazy filmmakers use found footage as kind of a cop-out. Yeah for really shitty, lazy filmmaking. And that's where found footage movies fucking suck. Mm. But I feel like when they're done well, like, um, for example, have you seen uh, Unfriend or Unfriended? No, I have Dude. heard of it. I think there's two of them. Um, right. And they are fucking excellent. Um, I went through a period where I watched pretty much every found footage movie on Shutter for about a week. Um, I was, I I was was pretty, I think I was sick for a week and I was just like laying on the couch and I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch all these found footage movies on Shutter. Right. I saw some really like host was fucking great. Okay. So host is the first film from Rob Savage who directed fat, um, dash cam. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 So I haven't seen host yet. I'm keen to see it. But it's, um, it's on Shutter, dude. It's yeah. really fucking good. Okay, like, so if you it's... like that, you'll like Dashcam. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I like. Sorry to interject here, but Dashcam, uh, 
Rob Savage has directed a fucking impressive, intense viewing experience. And his female lead with Annie, uh, she's the standout of this film. She just runs this crazy commentary with all this fucked up shit going on around her. And she just, her perseverance to, to keep the fucking footage alive for the fans is fucking commendable. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the shit, the bizarre shit that goes on in this film is, is fucking cool, man. But again, it's, did anyone see the gorilla in the room? And that Mm. leaves me with the question of what is the real horror in this movie? Is it the fucked up shit happening or is it the fucked up shit of the commentary of the, the audience? You know, that's... Well, that's that's yeah. the great that's the great thing with a lot of really good found footage. Like, Unfriend, I thought, uh, I think it's Unfriend or Unfriended. Um, there's, yeah. There's two of this. I know there's two of them. Yeah. But the, the social commentary in there, so the, the basic conceit of it is uh, you've got these five or six people on a... Uh, basically like a zoom chat sort of thing um, uh, about this, this, and they're talking about this girl that has obviously committed suicide. Um, and throughout the course of the film, all these sort of secrets and stuff come to light because, you know, the shit starts happening. It's like, is this dead girl, you know, is her ghost haunting these friends? Um, and it has a lot of really, interesting and thought-provoking shit to say about like Facebook culture and social media culture and um, you know, online bullying and harassment and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, people not taking that seriously and, you know, the, the sort of very real consequences of that sort of stuff. Mm. And again, it's like, like you're talking about with dash cam, it's like, you know, what's the real horror? Is it the fact that a ghost is, stalking haunting and attacking these kids or is it the fact that these kids are so fucking desensitized and shitty to each other in this fucking social media culture that we live in Mm. that that that's the actual horror of it is that these people could do this to another person or say this shit yeah yeah in a concert and in what they feel is a consequence free environment yeah that's actually scarier than this fucking ghost that's knocking people off well, so, that, that's that's how I felt with Dashcam. I felt like there was there was a real interesting inner plot hiding in there that Rob has. I don't know if he did or didn't, but that's my perception that I got from watching hmm. the film. And I found that that was more intriguing than the creepy old lady that I won't give it away. But let's just say it's just what the fuck. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just go, what the fuck? This is fucked up beyond belief and that just adds nicely to the flavor of the movie but all this social commentary that's going on just leaves you a little bit you know huh this is the real world this is the yeah. world i live in yeah. holy shit i'm in an actual real horror movie well that's that's the that's that's what i find great about some found footage because i i sort of i was for a, for a very long time there mm. it was like found footage was pretty much all we were getting for horror yes. and it started to really piss me off because mm. i was like look you know there's a place for this but mm. it, it sort of turned into the superhero movie of horror cinema because it's like yeah. that's all we're getting and it's getting a bit tiresome it's like can we just can i can i have a slasher movie can i well, have a monster movie I mean, can, I'm- can I have famous... a fucking vampire somewhere, please? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, our most famous ones were obviously the Blair Witch Project, which you've 
mentioned, but also Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Um, again, another film where you could just, you really don't need to watch the whole film. You could just fast forward to the last 10 minutes and go, oh, wow, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I actually watched all the Paranormal Activities uh, last year. Uh, I and I'm not dissing the... it. I, yeah. I do want to watch it. I, I hadn't seen all of them. Right. And I had seen the first one and I was kind of on the fence with it. I right. was like, it, again, like you said, man, Blair Witch. It's like last 10 minutes are like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just sitting there watching it. It's like, oh, shit's falling over in the middle of the night. There's weird noises. Stuff's getting smashed. Maybe you people just own a cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's Maybe. like, I live with cats. I'm used to weird shit in the middle of the night. Any fucking ghost that wants to haunt me is going to really have to put forward an effort. Absolutely. Because I'm not going to wake up if I hear something fall over. I'm mm. just going to be like, Loki, fucking stop it. <laughs> like, yes, that's going to be me, man. Um, but I, I watched all the paranormal activities and I, I look, they're not terrible. It's just, it's very, it's very formulaic. They try very hard to tie it all together. Um, I do feel like it kind of becomes a bit of a jumbled, convoluted mess. Mm. Um, but you know what? Like they're, they're, they're a pleasant enough way to spend a day if yeah. you're bored kind of yeah. thing. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing there where you're like, you know, oh, wow, this is saying something really interesting. Like, you know, unfriend or yeah. you know, from what you've said, dash cam or host or something like that. Mm. But yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's not, they're not, they're not terrible. Um, no. I don't know why they were so popular. Well, I think it's my thing. It's like, yeah, just... I think it's just the, the sign of the times, man, because we've become such a, a voyeuristic audience, you know, like people that watch Twitch and TikTok mm. videos aimlessly, like, the good little zombies that they all are, you know, these movies seem just like a natural extension of what they currently already do Mm. in their day-to-day existence. So it just kind of makes perfect sense to there is a market audience for this style of movie. Mm. Um, We're more traditionals. We're more, give me the gore, give me, you know, give me a plot. uh, It's it's like, I mean, I I, I kind of decided to like dive in on paranormal activity because I'm like, look, I love me a good ghost story. Yeah. yeah. um, I I love me a good demonic possession. Like, you know, that, that shit's, you know, I find that really, you know, kind of cool and interesting, but with paranormal activity, I'm like, okay, I, I get that these movies were interesting and, you know, something, you know, like a latter-day sort of Blair Witch at the time. Yeah. But I cannot fucking imagine why they were so successful. Probably no. because they cost like a buck fifty to make and raked probably. in like 20 mil. Yeah, probably. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, hey, let's do fucking six more of them. Um, I mean, Blair Witch was interesting in the sense that they, you know, they went to the extent of getting the actors to go into hiding, you know, was it three months after the film's release? Yeah. So, you know, there was no press from the actors or anything like that. So it really, you know, that film was the exception of, of all these films was that it, it really went above and beyond to, to sell the concept of what this film was going well, that, that's was it, man. Like the, the marketing on Blair Witch was like amazing. Like, yeah. as I, as I said, I was having nightmares about that movie before I even saw it. And 
I'm not a guy that has nightmares about horror movies. Usually, yeah. like my nightmares are like you know day to day shit. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, my yeah. nightmares are like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm 45 and have to move back in with my parents to kill me now. Um, yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, it's like my nightmares are like, oh my god, I can't pay the rent. <laughs> like, mm. you know, that 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 sort of shit. But yeah. um, you know, Pe- Pennywise would have the most boring time in the world trying to fucking scare me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> He'd just like pop up out of the sewer and like, Jake, your girlfriend's never going to talk to you again. I was like, fuck. <laughs> your bank account balance is in the negative, <laughs> and you have to move back in with your family. <laughs> See, that's like, the premise for a really good horror movie, right there. <laughs> right. It's like, like, you know, it's like fucking, it's like Pennywise trying to scare you as an adult. Fuck, responsibility. Kill me, me Jake. Um, me, Jake. Trying to live a well-balanced life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill. Bro, Pretty you got to move back in with your parents. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> Pennywise just pops up and says, you're failing at life. All your relationships are shit. You have no money and you have to move back in with your mum and dad. To which Jake replies and screams, I do. <laughs> oh fuck! But yeah, fan footage films, dude. They're they're um yeah, it's definitely a niche audience. There there was one um I don't know I could save it for another episode to actually talk about the film in whole. But um one that I was in, deeply engrossed by was uh actually a film on Shutter called Exists. Ah, oh, the Bigfoot one? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that was fucking good. Right? That was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I don't know about you, but if you want, we can wait for another episode and talk about this one. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's one that's worthy of a whole episode. Um, Another really good, uh, on the topic of found footage, mm. two really good ones are mm. Creep and Creep 2. I've heard that's good. Yep. Oh, dude, they are so um, fucked up. Is mm. just the, 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 the they're such great, interesting movies, and like just a really good. Um, they've just got a lot to say about mm. um, you know, psychopaths and uh, you know, co- pretty much um, compulsive liars and stuff like that, yeah. and. You know, this this guy basically lures this dude into film like what he pitches to him is, oh, this is going to be like the last two weeks of my life. I have mm-hmm. a terminal brain tumor. Um, you know, I, I want to film all this stuff to show to my kid. And, you know, not not to spoil it, but shit goes sideways. This dude is not who he seems. And um, there's some really insanely fucked up shit in there. But mm. it has some really interesting stuff to say about... Um, you know, again, like people just bullshitting on the internet, you know, um, trying to sell themselves as something they're not, luring yeah. people in, conning them, that sort of stuff. Like all the awful shit that we have to wade through in mm. like the social media age and stuff like that. Like it's really, really, um, yeah, again, like when, when it's done right, found footage can be incredibly compelling filmmaking. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on the fence with, the fan footage phenomenon, you know, like I feel like it's relevant to today's audience that are, you know, again, you know, they're captivated on a day-to-day basis. This is just, you know, a a brief respite from, of escapism from their, you Mm. know, normal existence because when the credits roll, they'll be straight on their phones fucking scrolling 
you know, TikTok, Instagram, and all the rest of it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like found yeah. footage is, to, to me, it's, um, it, it's like, it's another tool um, in, like, the filmmaking toolbox. Mm. And if you use it well, you can do something really amazing with it. Mm. Um, it's when it's not used well and when it's used lazily, um, much like CGI yes. or something like that. Uh, when it's used lazily or poorly, it really shows and you're just going like, well, why are you doing this? Why, yeah. why, didn't, you, why didn't you do this as a, you know, proper non-found footage film? Like proper, proper film is probably the wrong term to use, but you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And if you mm-hmm. don't go listen to a Morrissey record. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, if it, 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 like, for me, um, Cloverfield yeah. was like, why is this a found footage film? Yeah, it, it kind of isn't. Yeah. You know, I argue that, it, you know, people will go, oh, it is. It's no, it's not. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a full on effects film mm. trying to present itself as a found footage film. And I don't feel like it straddles either genre particularly well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do like Cloverfield. I'm yeah, not it's a good film. on it. No, no, it's good. Um, but just the technique with which it's made doesn't really work for either genre. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's like, for, for me, it's just like, well, this would have been better served ditching the whole found footage angle and mm. just going all in on making a big fucking monster movie. Yeah. I agree. Um, you well, know, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like it, it, for, for Cloverfield, it's like a, it's like signs. Like mm. I'm not, I'm not a big night, M. Night Shyamalan fan, but like I thought Signs was like, okay, so this is basically a human interest alien invasion movie. Yeah, it is. That's cool. That's a really interesting take on it. And like Cloverfield could have been the same. It's like, okay, so this is like a street level innocent bystanders version on a fucking Godzilla movie. That could be really cool as well, but Mm. you kind of missed the boat on it, guys. Like, sort of just didn't really kind of work i feel like i feel like you know the 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 age of found footage is never going to really come to any form of end anytime soon in this foreseeable future it's you know i mean dash cam is is kind of a refreshing breath of fresh air in yeah. in the genre um definitely well worth a look um it it's on on screens around australia right now and mm. internationally and it's um yeah, again, directed by Rob Savage of Host, um, who got his launch from Shudder. Um, well, I was literally just about to say that mm. I feel like Shudder is giving us a lot of the best I f- found I footage agree. films I at agree. the moment. Like, yeah. um, for, for, for really well done horror with something to say about the world we're living in yeah because i feel like shutter's really fucking kicking goals with it yeah because you're singing praise of host and and i'm i'm singing praise or we are singing praise of exists and i feel like you know if it's cool for you let's next week fucking call it right here and say we're going to talk about exists next week oh yeah fuck yeah yeah we'll do a bigfoot episode something a little left of the center right yeah but um Dude, like fucking, uh, yeah, th- these, these, um, 
these films are, I don't know, they're, they're, yeah, Shutter is a really good platform for it. It's really yeah. kicking the goals. Is I, what I'm I, trying to say. I gotta, I gotta sing the praises again, and I, I swear we're doing an episode on this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, in so far as Shudder, and um, it's almost, it, it's pretty much this movie is pretty much like parks its car in the next lane over from found footage because it's got elements of that in there, but yeah, in terms of commentary on social media and stuff, and a lot of the themes that you're talking about with Dashcam. The Cleansing Hour is a fucking masterpiece and really? everyone should watch it. Yeah, it's on Shutter, man. Like, fucking, Sick. your homework is to watch it between now and next week. Dude, I feel like in this episode, we've given um, a substantial amount of homework for the boys and ghouls out yeah, there. Yeah, to yeah, check yeah, out. guys. Like, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of fucking great movies. Take and notes, like, kids. Yeah, a, a Shutter account is well worth your time uh, because, yeah. I, man, I think it's money well spent. I don't get to watch my Shutter account as much as I want to, but, yeah. uh, dude, when oh. I do, it's fun. Oh, dude, I'm the same. I will go for like weeks without turning shutter on and mm. then i'll just spend like a week and a half or two weeks with it just going all day while yeah. i'm doing shit yeah and absolutely just like you know oh, if, if some, i'll just like throw something on if it catches my attention i'll watch it mm-hmm. if not i'll be like half watching it while i'm doing other stuff and then like something will catch my attention i'll be like, oh fuck oh that's really cool i'm gonna yeah. go back and watch this from the start <laughs> yeah definitely man definitely fucking yeah it did this there, there's some good found footage films out there. There's some shit found footage films out there. Shutter has got some fu- some of the the more better gems. Definitely, I feel uh, like Shutter should be sponsoring us. I think so too. Man. I feel I feel like look, Shutter, we have given you so much love this episode. Like, and we'll continue to. We will. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you need to pay us off or anything, but ah. you know. You, you you might want to think about throwing us a bone here or there, like yeah, you know, maybe a, yeah, a year's worth years worth of free shutter, or you yeah. know, send us out some Blu-rays or something. Yeah, like that. that'd be sick. Yeah, t-shirt. Totally, totally man. Totally, I, I'm yeah. down with that. Sponsor the podcast, like just put us yeah. put us on your network or something like that. Why not? Uh, You're an ideas man, Jack. Works for Joe Bob Briggs. Fucking come on. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with uh, Dashcam is a fucking cool film. Yeah, and... I want to check it out, especially since uh, it's the same same dude that directed Host, which was really good. Yeah, and um, again, it was also like he seems to have a um, from what you're saying, like seems to have a bit of a thing with uh, talking about like uh, pandemic living horror because Host was set during uh, lockdown as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, yeah, this. There's some fucking, you know, Rob Savage, he's, he's kicking goals, man, and Shutter gave him his launch pad. And, um, man, honestly, Dashcam, the, the the girl, Annie, she fucking rocks in this film, man. Like, at first, I kind of wanted to just go, oh, shut up, dude, because her voice is just a little bit, you know, bordering on annoying. But after a while, you kind of get into it and you go, dude, this chick fucking rocks, man. Like, she, yeah. she just freestyle raps the shit out of the credits at the end of the film, spoiler alert. And it, you have to watch that just to fucking laugh at how yeah, awesome rad. this chick is. But, um, yeah, th- this film is packed with a good amount of horror. And uh, through the halfway point, it, it actually kicks off pretty shortly into the film. And, um, 
yeah, it, it's all kinds of awesome. For a found footage film, I feel like this is the kind of direction that future found footage films needs to take. And uh, not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to – it's not going to be at everyone's cup of tea. But, um, yeah, there are some gems. This one's one. Exists is another. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, un- unfriend host. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so much good stuff. I, like I, I just really think, like, you know, I think – uh, for for anyone that's you know, I, I mean, I know we get a couple of um, uh, potential filmmakers out there listening to this, thinking that I'll drop them some pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> um, but uh, I I really do think that like the the best thing found footage can do, like the the, the place where it's most useful as a storytelling tool, is for basically social commentary and Mm. kind of you know the um you know just reflecting the horrors of modern living basically Mm, i agree i agree uh, i mean i i saw um what was it uh song songbird was it songbird yeah yeah with the pandemic set one with the guy from fucking riverdale in it Mm -hmm. um that was, you know, that had found footage elements in there, um, not all the way through. But, I mean, again, that was a really good social commentary that, you know, utilised some found footage elements and stuff like that. And, yeah, I just, I really think that that's where found footage as a genre really fucking has a strong foothold. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Does does its best work, basically. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, man, here's to the future of um, filmmaking. I mean, found yeah. footage is, has its place. Uh, it's not going anywhere. And, uh, yeah. So, um, kids, boys and girls, I would say to you, definitely check out some of the gems that we've mentioned in this episode. Definitely go time travel back to 1979 and watch Dracula with Frank Mangella. yeah. It's fucking gold. And yeah. um yeah, if you get a chance, go see Dash Cam on the big screen, dude. It's fucking me. Yeah. I it's just nice to watch a Blumhouse film on the big screen. It's cool. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm just at the point where it's like any any horror movie that hits the big screen, I kinda wanna go see it because I'm just kinda like I just want to like use my wallet and send a clear message to studios like, no, give us more of this. Mm. Like mm. I'm fucking dying to see the black phone. Like, yeah, I can't wait for it to drop. Trail looks great. It's gonna be a good one. I really yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, same same team. I've been a fucking fan of Scott Derrickson as a director since Hellraiser Inferno. So yeah, um and Sinister like <laughs> it's that movie's so fucking creepy. Um <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I um I showed I showed a partner Sinister because they'd never seen it. And right. Like, oh, we're gonna watch Sinister. We're gonna watch it on a rainy night with the lights out. I still haven't been forgiven for that one. <laughs> uh you're you're a freaky man, Jake. I'm a horrible, horrible boyfriend. <laughs> but that 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 is why we deliver this service to the fans. Exactly. It's like you know, hey, if you, if you're gonna watch Sinister, you do it right. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. On that note, boys and girls, it's been a it's been a wonderful uh, ride, a totally unplanned episode, and um, yeah, we were what were, we were going to do Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre, weren't we? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I'm fucking kicking goals. It's been a week. <laughs> um, all right, well we'll get we'll get around to that one yet because I I 
I want to raise the question and the debate of why I consider the Texas Chainsaw Massacre original 1970s version a family film. Well, it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one because I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. Like, Interesting. I've, I've seen, I have not seen all of the films. Um, I've Same. seen, I've seen enough of them that I feel like I can talk about it. Yep. Um, then it's not a series that I hate mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. It's just, I'm not a huge fan of them. So, and I would, I really enjoy, uh, listening to podcasts yeah. like that one where it's like, you know, someone is a big fan and someone is not because yeah. I'm really interested in hearing your take on it and seeing if I can learn anything from it and yeah. go, okay, I'm going to watch that movie through that lens and see what I think. Exactly. So I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I think it's going to be great, man. So, um, you know, it, it won't be a nuclear, uh, won't be a nuclear Dark Knight Rises episode or no. Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, <laughs> but you know, it, it'll be a good one. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fun. But um, we're going to get hairy and chuck on our size 15s next week with Exist. Yeah. I think it's yeah. going to be fun to do a bit of a Bigfoot dive. It's yeah. something we yeah. haven't really done yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And, <laughs> and I'll reprise my. Uh, uh, my thoughts of Yeti, the Italian horror of the seventies. You know, a Bigfoot movie I have not seen, but I keep hearing is really good. And I think it's actually a found footage movie too, before yeah. we close out the episode is Willow Creek. I've heard this much. I have heard, um, I have heard directed this. Directed by Bobcat Goldwaite. Yes. Um, um, it is apparently a very. I know is that from Police Academy? <laughs> yeah. It's apparently a very good film. So, I've heard it's really good. I've been wanting to check that one out for a while, so I'm going to try and. I feel like this is a homework thing. assignment for us. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and track it down between now and next week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my beer. All right. Well, this has been a fun one, boys and ghouls. And as always, thank you for your support and listening and subscribing. And if you haven't, you must be a Morrissey fan. You yeah. If if fiends. if not, why not? Yeah. And we will see you back here tomorrow morning for something on Rad. <laughs> we're, we're doing a show called Rad and we'll be talking about some shit. It's going to be Rad. I know that. I don't, are we, we going to do Dread versus Dread like someone suggested? Yes. Let's do Dread versus Dread. Okay. We'll do Dread, dread versus Dread here tomorrow morning. Fucking A. I can't wait. It's uh, two spectacular films and we're going to dive in and explain why. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Have yourself a freaky fries and ghouls. Jake, as always, a fucking pleasure. Absolutely, my dude. I will see you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Laters.